Dave Simeon is currently the Director of Education Programs for United Soccer Coaches. Simeon will be responsible for managing and executing all educational content in the Master Education Schedule for members, including the Convention Program. Simeon's previous coaching experience covers the game at every level, from youth soccer to the 1999 FIFA Women's World Cup Championship. Enjoy this episode, and we look forward to seeing you in January. You don't want to miss the 2023 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia from January 11th to the 15th. This convention is the largest gathering of soccer coaches, administrators, and fans in the world. Only at the convention can you attend sessions crafted with your coaching level and desired topics in mind. Presented by world-class educators, our collection of over 200 lecture sessions and field demonstrations will offer every coach something to bring back to their own training sessions. Come learn from Amanda Vandervoort, president of the USL Super League, Anthony Flores, youth technical director of the Philadelphia Union, Becky Burley, and Brett Ledbetter of What Drives Winning, Laura Harvey, head coach of OL Reign, and Dan Abrahams, world-renowned sports psychologist. More presenters will be announced in the months leading up to the convention. Visit www.unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org to register before the next price increase. Okay, Dave, appreciate you joining us today to talk uh, all things convention. How are you? Great. How are things in Pittsburgh? Well, as we were <laughs> talking pre-show, I think they're great. You might you might have a different opinion, but um, <laughs> Pittsburgh for me is always great. So um, we're we're excited to head across the state in a couple in about a month and a half to to be reunited, I guess. But um, so so first thing I want to ask you, Dave, you're this is a relatively new position. So the director of education for United Soccer Coaches, what made you want to uh, take on this role? Well, once uh, Jeff Van Dusen, our CEO, kind of explained the parameters to me, it was a newly created position. It was much different than what our director of coaching education, Vince Gansberg, is doing, although we collaborate to a high degree. Um, I've been going to the convention as a coach or as a director, I served on the board several years. So I'd seen it over a period of about 1984, 83. Wow. So it's changed so much. And my role is to set the content, whether it's through our diplomas or certificates or then just a partnership. So I thought that would be a really novel way to influence people once a year. The convention is a massive event, as you know. Um, it's also, it can be very contemporary. Sure. Because we'll just end up with the Men's World Cup. We will look forward into the Women's World Cup. There are all the different dimensions of youth soccer grassroots, youth soccer high performance, um, the college game at the Divisions yep. 1 through 3. So it's very, very complex, which means the program reflects that. I thought it was an incredible challenge at this point in my career and something that was very attractive for me to do in addition to um, the typical coaching education or diplomas, special topics, all of those programs. So I thought 
it would be very, very, very challenging to do. Different than, because you, you were once a coach as well, correct? Yes. So how does, <clears throat> how did you decide to go from coaching to kind of a more, I don't want to say an office role necessarily, but less of a on-field role, if you will. How has that transition been? Well, you're correct in that. I mean, my role is a little bit more strategic. Yeah. So one of the things I've done is I've reorganized education so that we can understand the country and address providing education to our members by breaking the country into regions and being able to understand those regions and then being able to deliver develop coach educators in those areas. It's a little bit really of going back to the future. That's in many ways, in 35 or so years ago, we had the country broken up and then as things changed that we lost those parameters. And I think now we, we have to go back to the things that made us successful. So what, 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 so what, what did make us successful? What are, were you about to get into those things? Yeah, no, okay. absolutely. Hit, hit us with it. I'll give you an example. Um, Shella Simon, who I've known almost 40 years now, uh, ex-MLS coach, he coached at SMU while I was at Midwestern, he came from Eastern Illinois. When Shellis was at SMU, the NSCAA slash United Soccer Coaches, that was our organization right. in Dallas de facto. Okay. So as we created a network, we were really creating regions but the network, Jeff Bennell, uh, various coach educators, Kim out at uh, Chico State on the women's side. I mean, we were creating a network, and that meant we were in communities. And being in a community is absolutely essential if you're going to service community in education. It would be, if you looked at secondary education or elementary education and think about educating kids but not being in the community would kind of be a little bit inane. So that's what we're going back moving forward, but yeah. we're actually going back in some ways to a model that localizes and regionalizes things and gets us closer to the membership. Okay. I like it. So what what are what would you say you're most excited for about this year's convention being that it's your first I guess now in in charge of or being involved a little bit a little bit more so what uh what are you most excited for? Well, there there are different facets of it. Like I think we're offering ten diplomas or certificates. So the urban soccer diploma. Yep. The DOC course. Um, a goalkeeping track, actually mm -hmm. two goalkeeping tracks, one a little shorter than the other, uh, organization and club leadership. So that is one segment of it. Then there's a second segment where we have partners, we have contractual relationships with, um, some of them are foreign, the Irish FA, right? the FAI. Clubs like Einstein Frankfurt, mm -hmm. IAX, they will all produce some level of content for the convention. And then there are our own 
coach educators through United Soccer Coaches. Uh, Paul Marco and Shellis will be reviewing um, sessions for the diploma that we are going to be releasing in the spring, which is a modern trends of the game. Yeah. So they will be previewing some of that. And then below that, or in, in conjunction with that, there are grassroots sessions where, okay, you're talking about now people who are coaching youth soccer in the age groups of between six and 11, purely for the reasons of participation and fun and enjoyment and leisure. Right. So this whole menu reflects all of those different segments of the game. So how do you go about choosing, aside from the contracts, like choosing your presenters, you know, what, what goes into that process? That's a really good question. Um, we do a lot of vetting. Yeah. I mean, because we get a lot of people, sure. or organizations come and say, we want to present. And like some of my basic questions are, what do you want to talk about? Right. And obviously if people are coming with services or products, it's like getting them to tell us something that will make us as coaches better without just getting us in a room and timeshare settlements. Right. Right. So fashioning that part of it. Um, also, um, looking at their credentials and experience. Sure. And sometimes that initial conversation is what is really kind of interesting because just when you ask people, Jesse, well, what do you want to talk to us about? But if they don't have very clear ideas about that, then you can't really seriously entertain that um, they're going to be right. You know, very they're, they're kind of waiting for you to tell them what to talk about, exactly. right? Exactly. You know, now somebody who comes and says, I'm really, this is what I really want to talk about. This is, I'm like, okay, all right. Well, how do you propose to do that? What are your main emphasis? You know, I mean, and, and then being able to talk to colleagues around the country, Yeah. you know, hey, do you know this person? Do you know the club they're associated with? Do you know the college program there? trying to validate, you know, that there's someone of substance. Sometimes they publish in other areas, mm -hmm. go look at their work. Right, they right. Say, okay, well, you know, this this might be pretty good. This, this. And then also, you know, factoring all this, the content and the quality, but also we want the convention to reflect the diversity of our membership. Yeah. So how many women, how many women of color, mm. um, creating opportunities uh, for people who are good presenters, but also reflect our diversity. Right. Which is a very important part of it. So it's, it's, I think the most amazing thing this year is I came into this position, to your point, in May. Mm. So they didn't tell me this. Jeff and Erica didn't tell me this up front, but Typically, in February, you take a deep breath, and then March and April, you're at it. So actually, we planned the convention content and programming probably in two less months this year than we will next year. Oh, wow. So I'm like, I, I think that took me aback a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But that's a little bit of a bird's eye view about, okay, here's the content piece, and here are the other components. 
and making sure that you know who we're putting on the floor or in a classroom for a presentation is going to be worthwhile to the membership. Yeah, I've noticed, and I noticed too, just looking at um, some of the presenters already, and even just going thinking back to the last couple conventions, Baltimore, a couple years before COVID, and then um, Kansas City last year. I've noticed a lot more sports psychologists. Obviously, you had Brett Ledbetter before and Dan Abraham before, but there's, you know, they they they're a reoccurring theme, sports psychologists, and then also a sports nutritionist and dietitian. I think that might have been the first one that I've seen at the convention. Just, and I think it's interesting, and but it's also very important to just bring somebody in like that to talk to a broad range and at least start to educate the process of coaches dealing with, you know, certain nutritional problems and mm -hmm. just at least giving them the basic guidelines to how important mm -hmm. nutrition plays um, in, in high-performing athletes. Well, no, I mean, it's a holistic approach, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very, very interesting, the shift. I mean, this is where we get into the sport influence society or is it a reflection of society right so in this case the programming and the content and the presenters reflect some of the uh, the current and contemporary issues mental health mental well-being um i think we're talking more and more about how to connect with athletes and how to manage them versus i mean you know Let's face it, generationally, coaches have adapted and changed because people have right. changed. Society has changed. So uh, having guys like Dan Abrams and uh, Donna Fisher mm -hmm. and somebody new like Rachel Lindvall. Um, and then, of course, you're right, the nutritionists. Uh, I think one of the next big things in the next couple of years, and you touch on it with nutritionists, is the value of sleep. Sure, 100%. 100%. I mean, so it's, it's trying to get some of that to permeate down into youth soccer, because it's not a one-size-fits-all. Right. Being able for them to say, like, well, if I'm a high-performance youth coach at under 14 or 15, I understand what the pushes and pulls are. I understand how much rest recovery is uh, performance training. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, when I was the coaching director at the Sereno Soccer Club in Phoenix, in Scottsdale, we, we did performance training twice a week with our under 14s and older, either before or after. And we had stronger kids. We had less injuries. We yeah. had you know, how do coaches manage that component within their soccer club? Because it's it's necessary. Right. Does this is this all touched on in that modern uh, trends diploma that you guys are offering now? Or what like cause that cause that kind of all seems like it might play a role. What is and now that we're on the topic of education, why not just what what is that um, modern trends diploma? Well the modern trends is really above the premier. So the so modern the trends, trends is delivered in person, online, and then another in person. And so, so, so it's more of like a tactical thing, not like well, a. Well, it's 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 a modern trend. So right now, one of the modern trends is pressing and gigging pressing, counter pressing. Yeah. Periodization. Gotcha. How do I learn how to periodize for that senior level of kid? Um, 
thirds of the field, phases of play. So it is a more mature, the, the premiere underneath it is all about the open side game. We take yeah. that and over a course of four days, let's say if you're doing four straight days, it's a system a day and, and understanding how it matches up with other systems. So this is intended to be, now next year there may be two or three from this World Cup, just watching this World Cup. Well, you know, I mean, some things may become new trends. They may then permeate the pro leagues. They have started here, permeate the pro leagues. We'll have a, one or two new things to talk about. That's interesting. Never there. Yeah, I guess you. I mean, there's always there's always something happening and developing. What what's um what's your favorite trend right now? There are several. You know, I think one of the things that's interesting tactically is in various arrangements of how we set our teams up, playing narrow rather than playing in an expansive space. Why? where it'll be interesting to see in this World Cup where coaches and managers decide to confront the opposition. Mm -hmm. So is it either high pressing in the opponent's half or is it laying back and compacting in your final defensive third? How many of these teams set up mid-blocks? Right. These trends, they, they appear, they reveal themselves, you know, in, um, in, in this competition. Like, already you can see that there have been more 0-0 ties yeah. than in the last couple of World Cups. The question can be when you dissect it all, why? What, what happened? How much of an effect of... This World Cup being in November, December, in the middle of the pro season versus in May when the pro leagues would finish, most of them, and then you have about three weeks, and now you begin the World Cup in June versus the managers of the national teams now only had four or five training sessions with right. their guys. Now they did have the two week windows, but it'll be interesting to see in the analysis what what this tells us by having it in this mid-year, which probably will never happen again, but it will definitely show us that things are different. What do you think? Because that's very analytical. So it's like, are you are you into the analytics of the game, or do you kind of not look too much into them? How much do you and even how much, how how important do you feel starting to educate coaches on the analytics side is going to start evolving? Like, is there going to be in some type of game analytics diploma that you guys can offer that teaches coaches, you know, this is what we look at, this is how to use it? Because I think numbers and analysis and all of that is great, but it's it's almost just how you use it. Well, you're exactly right. You know, talking to my colleagues that they're that are coaching in the EPL or coaching in the Bundesliga. I think one of the struggles right now, and this is why you see managers, coaches, bring the sport performance person that they feel comfortable with. 
because there is this struggle that's going on now. The performance coaches are saying to the managers, well, look, based on metrics, the, the coaches are saying, ah, my intuition tells me, I know this guy, right. his work and his output is very high. I don't think he needs to not train. I think he needs it. So the metrics should back up or refute your intuition as a coach, where, you know, when, when you get injured, you can look at the metrics and you can say, well, here's part of the reason why we, we're not doing enough maintenance strength training or yeah. that, you know? So, so this is all bleeding down into the youth game as technology changes and as affordability increases, more and more technology is involved in the youth game. And to your point, right now we have a sport performance diploma, really well done. Uh, it is probably an amalgam of a lot of different information, but probably it's not for the novice. Yeah, so okay. what we're going back and doing right now is we're developing three levels of sport performance diploma, a level one, which is 12 and under, which we're not going to talk about acceleration, deceleration, meters covered. We'll probably use a technology uh, partner, but we want to look at activity. And then as far as um, specifics, we want to be able to teach coaches how to do things that are appropriate, like as much time and information that would dictate heart rate and strength training. What about in that 12-year-old and younger age group? Balance, agility. We have a few straight line athletes. Sure. But when they try and stop, they fall over. Well, how do we... So right. and then how do you do all this with the ball? How is it connected to player development? How is it connected to the game? The second level of the diploma we're going to develop is six, six hours in person, six hours on the field. So six hours of instruction, relative age effect, all right. of the things. And this will be from under 14 to 17. So this is really the youth and the high school realm. All right, now on field, we'll partner with a technology provider. This is how you set it up. This is what the numbers tell you. This is how to work with it in the live version. How is it connected to the game? How is it connected to player development? Demonstrating that, and then the last level will be level three that we will push out and it will be basically the older than 17 year old which is the college player yeah when you think about college not everybody like let's say the coaches like jay Benovich or randy waldron the pit they have performance coaches sure. but if you go over to case western reserve in northeastern ohio yep. Cleveland state they may not have someone who has that much experience and understands the demands of soccer. So the, these courses are to educate the soccer coach, not to make them a performance coach, but to get them to understand. So for those college coaches, 
that have to develop and create programming in season, out of season. This is now the periodization. How do I make my team better? That's what that third level will be. And it'll also be six hours of lecture, and yeah. six hours on the field. No, that's good. I I did see because that, that's another relatively new new uh, diploma as well, the sports performance one. So I think it's yeah. good because <clears throat> it's becoming increasingly popular in how to do things. And so I guess the the overall education that you can have in, in any one topic is always going to be important. Well, well, and you know what happens? The same thing that happens in American football and basketball between college coaches, pro coaches, we listen to them. Yeah. And youth coaches or high school coaches are like. Well, so we we don't need youth coaches using the metrics that an MLS or USL team or an NWSL team would use on their 13-year-old boys or girls. Right, exactly. But that is what will happen if we don't differentiate and educate. 100%. So January 11th, first day of the convention, where am I going to see you? Which classroom, which lecture am I going to see you at first? Um, well, probably the place you're going to see me at first is on the morning of January 11th. We are actually providing a five-hour special topics. Where okay. I'm bringing in um, Tom Durkin, who's a technical director with um, a club in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy Wilson, who's the... Uh, uh, youth Development Director at Philly Union, and Butch Locker, who's Division II, very successful men's head coach, and a partner of ours, Track 160, which is a technical uh, or technology partner. And one of the things coaches always wonder about when they look at activities or sessions, they will how do you translate this from player development into game performance? So we're going to offer a special topics diploma uh, that's going to be connecting player development to game performance. And we're going to have those folks talk about certain segments, how they go about achieving that, how they go about measuring that. So that's so going to be the first place that you see me at like 1030 in the morning. Yeah. The convention obviously opens that evening. We've got U.S. Club Soccer with our partners. They're on the floor. Um, we it's, it's a big night because yeah. everything, uh, Vince Gainsburg, our director of coaching education, will be uh, doing the opening session. Um, I believe Lisa Cole, our goalkeeping, uh, head of goalkeeping, they will be on the floor. I mean, it's really, as as time has gone on, that opening night is all, as many changes around the convention, yes. it's been, opening night is always unbelievable because the presentations on the field open everything up. So that's right. where you find me tonight. Dave, is this going to be the best convention ever? I'm going to tell you what, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. We're still working on a few top level people that they will be incredible additions uh, as headliners. So we're just. Can't reveal anything yet, but in case you do. Well, 
Well, I think I can I, a little bit. I mean, we'll, like I said, what people do from the Irish FA, the Scottish yeah. FA, the FAI, um, what we'll people there from Eintracht Frankfurt, I mean, substantial people. We just this morning kind of codified the arrangement, not the arrangements, but the details. I think we'll have Tim Howard as uh, one of our guys that will come in and do a little bit and be accessible. We've got the whole crew of Fox Sports broadcasters. So Alexi and all those guys will be into Philly. They will take a review and a look at the Men's World Cup and their experiences. And then with Ali Wagner in the group, um, we will look forward into the Women's World Cup, into Australia in 2023. So it's, there are going to be, I feel like the presenters, um, either in the classroom or the clinicians on the field, I'm telling you what, I feel really good about it. I think it's going to be really exciting. I mean, you have me at Tim Howard, my favorite player of all time. I mean, that's that's a legend for me. I mean, that that is awesome, though. That is very exciting news. I mean, you forgot one important. You'll be there, so it's like you forgot to add, add yourself to that. You'll be there. So, listen, if Alexi Lalas, Tim Howard, and that whole Fox crew isn't enough to get you there, I don't know what can. But, yeah. Dave, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. I can't wait to see everybody in Philly in January. It's going to be the best convention ever. Heard it here first. I think it's going to be great. I want to thank you for having us on and uh, look forward to seeing you in Philly. Awesome. Thank you, Dave. Thank you.